Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. Today, we have guest Bonnie Wan. She is the author and creator of The Life Brief. Bonnie helps people live with greater clarity, creativity, and courage by teaching them how to write briefs for their lives and really take action from a place of clarity and asking the question, what do I truly want? So excited to share this episode with you. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm so excited to be present with you on the Wise Woman podcast. Today, we have Bonnie Wan, life strategist and author of The Life Brief. I'm so excited to be present with you. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you for having me, Erin. It's such a joy and honor. It really is so fun. We've uh, been connecting a bit before the show, and you have so many creative things going on in your life right now. Tell us a little bit about your background and what got you to creating the life brief. Okay. Yeah. So my background very simply is I have been a strategist, a creative strategist in the advertising world for wow, 30 plus years now. Um, And what got me into that work is a love of creativity. the, The idea that any problem can be solved with creativity, life problem, business problem, you know, um, communication problem. Um, And I wanted to really be steeped in a world where I could be around creative people. And in that's a fantastic world. And then I discovered, I think my, um, I guess my natural gift in terms of helping people get clear get to the essence of something, anything. And that's what I get to do as a strategist um, for companies for a really long time until 2010, where I hit a big old dark spot in my marriage, a crisis of meaning, you know, um, a moment of despair. And as a reflex, because I'd been a strategist for so long, I wrote a creative brief for my life. And that's the tool I use in business. And I applied it to my life and pretty much overnight, it changed everything. It definitely saved my marriage. Um, that was the first time it saved my marriage twice. Um, it's helped me really center who I want to be as a parent and how I want to do that. And it's really propelled my career. Um, and now I think it's at a stage where it to help me figure out how I want to serve in ways that are beyond me and mine. Bonnie, this is incredible. Whenever there's a framework that someone can work with to move through a heightened emotional state or a crisis, it's really one of the the greatest things that I love to talk about here. And I love how you started with clarity because I think so often people are seeking joy and happiness and the thing they truly desire most is the clarity to make the next aligned decision. And clarity, I think, is enlightenment in the brain. It's like one of the best feelings ever. So can you share with us if we are looking to make a clear aligned decision or the framework of the life brief and how it saved your marriage? I know this is going to be useful to so many listeners. 
Yeah, such good questions. And you would definitely know what is at the essence of alignment and clarity is definitely one of those. For me, what predates clarity is allowing ourselves to get messy. So I always say there's three parts to this. The first is getting messy. The second is getting clear. And then, and only then can you get into action. But um, I don't know, in my world, in the business world, and then I I think all around me, I I see this amazing communities of women, you know, who are doing it all or striving and they're high achieving, high performing and men too, you know, but, you know, definitely the rise of women tackling all sorts of amazing ambitions, um, but not allowing themselves to get messy. And when I talk about getting messy, it's um, leaving perfection behind, perfection and performance in order to connect with some of the deeper and maybe some of the harder questions um, that we have inside of us, connecting to our innermost truth and in a way that, um, that allows for authenticity, as you say, you know, but permission, permission to not have all the answers, permission to wonder, permission to dig deeper. And, um, and so a lot of the practice that I get to teach people now is how to let go and let themselves be messy. Um, I like to say that the answers we seek lie in the questions we avoid. Wow. And we live in a culture today where we can avoid anything and everything. It's 24-7, always on. You can binge watch that, your to-do list, then your bucket list. There's so many ways to um, take us outside of ourselves. But the real inner work is, as you know, as a meditation teacher, is to get quiet and to allow yourself, to give yourself the permission and the space to drop in and sit with some of the questions. And the question that I use to stimulate and stoke as a strategist, as a life strategist, is what do you want? And I don't mean, what do you feel like? What are you in the mood for? I absolutely don't mean what do your parents want for you, your partner, your kids, your sister, your best friends, your boss. I'm asking in your heart of hearts, what do you really, really want that maybe you haven't even allowed yourself to admit to yourself? And I call that a driving question. Because when I ask it of people, oh, something tends to bubble up and then we tuck it away, you know, oh, but it comes up. It can't, you can't help. The the thing with questions that's really interesting is that they hijack our brains. When you get asked a question, your brain wants to do good and find an answer. So I often say, you know, curiosity is an antidote to anxiety. Because as soon as you tune into your curiosity, now your brain is hijacked and occupied in new ways. It's searching for answers, searching for meaning, whereas anxiety are just the, you know, the the mind's theater 
of um, of replaying the stories, the stories that limit us and hold us back, right? But instead, when we tune into questions, and some questions are better than others for unlocking deeper truths, that's what we get to do as strategists, which is think of the questions that will really unlock and peel back the layers quickly. But what do you want? Just sit with that for a moment. What do you want? And then allowing that to bubble up, to come out, and then for you to capture it on the page without editing and without judgment. That is the practice in its essence. And when we do that, when we capture things in writing, we get to be in relationship with them. Our thoughts are really permissive, right? One thought comes in, it's quickly washed over by the next thought. And then soon we don't even remember what that original thought was. But when we capture them in writing, we get to rearrange the furniture of our minds. Because when it stares back at us, we have a response. Mm, Not being completely honest there. Or "Mm, that word isn't exactly the word. Writing, when we choose words and sentences, that's a first act of commitment. We lay it there and then we get to push it, nudge it, shape it, mold it, play with it. And now we get to be in relationship with ourselves. Mm. So at the heart of this practice, without even going into all the frameworks or exercises, is the allowance to connect to that, what I call your knowing place, and then allow what bubbles up from the knowing place to come out onto the page. So then you have, over time, a set of working ingredients from which you can get clear. What I love so much about our industry is a lot of the great work we share with the world came from an obstacle that we moved through in the past. Mm. So it's 2010, you're in this heightened state with your husband and you sit down and you ask yourself, what do I want? What came through for you? Yeah, well, I, it wasn't clear at the time until I wrote it down. We were on the brink of, you know, I I was really at walking the edge, the cliff's edge of, can I hold all this? I remember a distinct morning, I drove to the grocery store, I parked, it was raining. I turned off the engine of my car and I could just hear the rain on the metal, you know, and I couldn't get out of the car. And as many moms will probably relate, running to the grocery store, is a vacation because <laughs> you're leaving all the, you know, crying and the meltdowns behind. And it's your mini escape to just walk down the aisles, pick up the fruit, have the moment to stare at the fruit, you know, and, you know, that's why they call it sleepwalking, you know, through the grocery. <gasps> um, but that particular Sunday, I couldn't get out of the car because I was so gripped by, um, you know, we were fighting all the time. We're not connecting. At that point, we had three kids under the age of five. Oh my God. 
it was just, you know, the madness of schedules and who was doing more, who was doing less. And in my mind, I was just, um, nothing he was doing was right. And I think for him now reflecting back at that time, he was a deer in the headlights. He didn't know how to please me. Everything he did was wrong. He hadn't really, um, you know, he, he hadn't spent his life preparing for these parenting moments. Whereas I think I thought about it far more and I had nine months, every pregnancy to think about how do we want to be, how do we, you know, and it was really tough. I, I, I think I was a perfectionist. Um, I, I now like to proudly say I'm a recovered perfectionist, um, Beautiful. but I needed everything just so, because I was so insecure as a mom, as a new mom. And I, I so desperately wanted to be a good mom, whatever that meant. I did I wasn't clear. And so we were really at odds with each other. Um, and on that Sunday, I was sat in the car and I thought, oh my God, this big life we've created. Is this what I want? And also, can I hold it? And what if the answer is no? Am I with the right partner? Is he the one I want to hold this together with? And again, what if the answer is no? So I was really terrified of allowing those questions to penetrate. And I found now, you know, that's often what grips people. I don't want, I want to avoid those questions because what if my answers on the other side are too painful to bear? Um, but of course I got out and did the grocery run, but a few <laughs> weeks later I ended up on a business trip and I ended up in my childhood home and went to see my parents and something happens to you, you know, when you step into your childhood home and kind of become the child again. And the questions kept surfacing. Is this what I want? What do I really, really want to get away from the day-to-day -day madness, the to-do lists, the arguments, the, um, I don't know, the, the insults raging in my head about, you know, the narratives about what limits him, what limits me, what limits us. You know, I had to set all of that aside. And when I answered that question, what came through was much simpler than what I feared. What came through was time. <laughs> it, it, I, everything I wrote down came back to a theme of time. I wanted time with each other time with my children, time for myself, God forbid. Right. I wanted time to participate in things that gave me joy again. I wanted time to stay healthy, to, you know, I wanted spaciousness. Um, and, and so it became much more fundamental than what I feared, which is what I want is divorce. What I want is to quit my job. What I want is, you know, I don't know, you know, um, something that is way out of reach. I simply wanted time. It was foundational and it was urgent. And so I sent him the first brief. It had maybe seven points on it but they all related to time. And he immediately texted back Y E S all caps, three exclamations. And whoa, it was the first moment 
of alignment we'd had in I don't know how many months. And it was the first ray of hope that maybe there was something there for us to work on. And it really, again, hijacked our attention, getting that alignment around this thing that I would eventually call a brief, a life brief. And it suddenly spurred us into action in different ways because we did make an agreement that night that this was urgent. This was not something, you know, um, when we get the next promotion, then we'll chase this. When you land the next project, then we'll chase this. When, um, you know, Ruby turns three, you know, that was our youngest one at the time. You know, it was must have now, must have now. And then the second agreement we made was that we were not let fear stop us. And we know what the fear triggers were. There were two fears, mine, actually both of ours, money, fear of lack of money, and then fear of making a big move. And we agreed that we would hold each other accountable and hold each other courageous. And that really came into play because I would get doubtful and then he would come in and just lift me up. And other times he would question and I would reinforce and re-inspire. And we just decided, let's just, if this thing shows up, let's go for it. We're going to go for it. Um, And that just set us off into different modes of action. So when I'm nursing a baby, you know, and, you know, just in bed, you know, can't do anything else, I'd start just searching researching schools on my phone, you know, great school districts, you know, um, other places I'd want to live. He was looking at Craigslist. We were, you know, we'd outgrown our house in Northern California. The cost of living was too much for us. We were both jamming on, you know, making incomes and we just kind of took different routes and, um, Yeah. And and I had heard from my childhood best friend who lived in Portland that there was this amazing school district public in in Portland, Oregon, that was everything that fit my husband and my values, you know, environmentally based. Um, They they they, their calendar was based on harvest, you know, just all these good things. They had all these gardens and chickens and stuff as a public school. And we had vacationed in Portland a couple of years before, and we saw this giant um, mural, sunflower mural painted in the, this intersection. And my husband wanted to make a documentary film about it because it's how the community took back this rough and tumble neighborhood and took it back and beautified it to make it more safe and attractive to families, young families like ours. But so we'd written our brief and we were just out meandering and four months, less than four months, three months later, I got a call from my husband in the middle of the work day and said, Hey, remember that intersection in Portland? Well, the house on the corner, the one, that big red house that hosts this had the fountain in front of it, you know, it's, it's available. It's on Craigslist. And I said, what? Yeah, of course I remember it. And I said, well, find out more. Find out about the school. Find out. Da-da-da. And he called back a few hours later and he said, oh, there's a school at the end of the block. It's called Sunnyside Environmental School. And that was exactly the school that my 
friend had kept harping about. And I thought, oh my gosh, something's clicking here. You know, something's coming together. And that was it. We applied. We were the, there were already four applications in. We sent a box of our brief photos of our family, our marriage vows to the owners. And we got the house. We signed a lease, sight unseen, flew up to Portland, and then realized it was more than we ever even hoped for. I went in to quit my job because my husband reminded me that our fear of money was not going to hold us back. And in one of those, another surprise and serendipitous, you know, gift, my agency said, okay, well, you don't have to quit. Why don't you just do your work from Portland? And I said, are you kidding me? And I said, yeah. And that became a six-year chapter um, of really amazing times. And we had our fourth child up there and um, it's still where our hearts are. That is such a beautiful story. I'm so happy you got that house. Yeah, the house, the school, the community. I went to a four-day week. I was only in the office one day a week. I was at home with my family, you know, the rest of the days. It was um, it was the first evidence to me that when I get clear, when we all get really clear, and then we also let go of any expectations or attachments to that clarity, but at least with within ourselves, we're clear yep. about what we want. Right. We open ourselves up to be surprised by what might be out there mm-hmm. and that we can create paths that are different from others, unique to ourselves that are, you know, that are really I guess that that that's what creativity is all about. I talk about, you know, living creatively, living courageously. It's having the courage to get clear about what you want, even if it goes against the status quo or what other people want for you. And um, there are more alternatives than the black and white binary choices that we all grow up thinking that are available to us. Bonnie, you bring up such important points here and there's absolutely the art of possibility in every single scenario. And I think people forget that. And what if somebody is doing this deep work and they're asking themselves what they want and they're in it, right? They're already in the heightened feeling state. They're anxious. They're moving through a job loss, a breakup. They can't decide if they should move home, if they should move away, if they should move across the world. And when they sit with themselves, they say, what do I want? What do I want? What if they get a feeling state? Like it's not a thing. It's more of the feeling of so so many of my clients come to me and they're like, Aaron, I want freedom. I want this life of freedom. And it's going to look different for every single person because freedom means something different to me than it does to really everyone. It's an intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. So what do you do if somebody wants to connect to a feeling state and become more clear on the actual thing to get them? So the part of the practice 
is to allow questions to unlock other questions, right? So that you can keep sharpening. So I think the greatest briefs, the best briefs are sharp, they're honest, and they're bold. And sharpening is the the thing that comes up for me when you say freedom, you know, what does freedom mean to you? Break it down further. Why does freedom matter? So as we layer in more questions, we start to sharpen and whittle and get more specific to what it means so that what you are writing is a brief that is true to you and unique to you. Because you're right, we all define freedom differently. And that's that digging and allowing yourself to go deeper and deeper in with curiosity always at the lead. So allowing those questions to keep, you know, and in my book, I, I, I have lots of exercises that break it down and give you lots of angles in, you know, as strategists, um, I remember growing up as a baby strategist, my, uh, my teacher, my coach, you know, um, my boss would say, you know, we don't always just enter a house from the front door. It's much more interesting. You you see much more of what's inside the house when you enter through a side door or um, the kitchen or an upstairs window through the bathroom, you know, let's look at a house from every angle. And that's what the book does. It helps people look at their lives from different angles and using creativity to unlock maybe nooks and crannies that they haven't gone there themselves, you know, but it's all rooted in curiosity and taking a beginner's mind or a fresh perspective um, and not being so wrapped up in all the dangers of being in the trenches of your own life. Um, But yes, Breaking things down versus building things up is a way to journey through the messy process. I'm so excited to see your talk at South by Southwest, and I can't wait to buy this book. I I love how in passing you mentioned that you have four children, so you have this robust career. You are building this book on the side, right? This This is mostly a side project. Mm-hmm. And you're a mom with four babies. How do you do this? It it so this isn't an easy path. It is, but it is full of elation. So that's what I will say. I think when when you tap into things, you know, I have a work brief that was walk a path of fulfillment, not just achievement. And I think this is very much. Um, my way of walking through the world. I have skinnied it. So the art of distillation is what strategists do. You skinny everything down to what matters most. And so I have skinnied everything down to three things, my family, my day job leading the agency, and then the life brief, which is my joy work. Um, And so that is my time. That's how I spend most of my time. Writing the book was in the slivers of time over three years in the pandemic, Friday nights, Sunday mornings, um, in between meetings, often late after the kids have gone to bed. Um, But it's really, 
you know, I think the the exercise of clarity helps you really focus. You, you it decisions and um, fall away really easily. They make themselves when you're really clear on what matters most, and actions become automatic. I say action is a byproduct of clarity. Actions are a struggle when you're unclear, when you're confused, when you're wondering. Um, when you have to fight a lot of invitations. For me, because of that clarity, my time is pretty much, you know, spoken for. I I know where to say yes, and I definitely know where to say no. Bonnie, thank you so much. This is, there's so much to think about here. I love that there's going to be a proper, tangible book to work with for those currently moving through it, which all of us are. I mean, it's always going to be a continuously effective tool. If this, when this episode goes viral and really is shared with everyone around the world and you want to get your wisdom into the ears of so many people around the world, what is something you would want to share with them? That you have agency. That... um life is a creative act and creativity is a mindset. You know, um, it starts with curiosity. And if you can find your place there within yourself, there's a lot of surprise and serendipity to be discovered. And I know that we are all faced with Wow, um, a lot of uncertainty right now. The world does not feel like a hospitable place in many ways, no matter where, what parts of it we live in right now. But even so, you know, and I've worked with people who have struggled with death, loss, hardship, you know, and even so, when they can find themselves in that place of curiosity and agency, they are hit with joyful surprises. And so um, it's something I've lived and I've watched other people live. It's something to harness. Curiosity is definitely a, a very important pathway to peace. And it's also a way we exercise our love for learning. So I know that will resonate with so many people listening. How can everybody find you? Thelifebrief.com. And they can reach out to me at bonnie at thelifebrief.com. Um, but at thelifebrief.com, I send out a newsletter every two weeks. I, I Newsletter is a funny name. It's actually often a reflection and then an exercise. Because again, I call this a practice. So it's lifelong. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, and so it's really a service every two weeks to be able to share something that's been going on, um, for me and how I found my way through it, through curiosity and creativity. Beautiful. And all of this will also be in the show notes. Bonnie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom on the wise woman podcast. Erin, thank you for doing the work that you do. We are all better um, for it. And um, it's been an honor. So thank you for having me.